morning. We're, uh, we're in for a, a special treat today. I'm going to introduce our, our guests in, in just a moment. A couple things I want to make you aware of. Uh, uh, an Action Church Easter is coming up. Come on, in just a few weeks. Uh, we have 15 identical services uh, across our locations uh, here at Winter Park. A couple of Friday, a couple of Saturday, and pretty much all day Sunday we'll be here. If you're not doing anything, come a couple of times. We'd love to host you. Uh, we'd want you to let us know that you're coming. We did this last year. Uh, it's a little different than the Christmas invite and the ticket, but we'd love for you to RSVP to your service so that we can spread out. This is our largest weekend of the year where we see the most amount of people meet Jesus. So I'd love for you to begin to invest in people, your neighbors, your coworkers, your friends, inviting them to an Action Church Easter, and then pick your service. Let us know you're coming, and please don't make it one of the primetime services on Sunday morning if you can help it. If, you don't, if you're not bringing a lost person, I'm gonna judge you if you come here on Sunday morning. Just kidding, but seriously, I'm gonna ask some questions. We'd love to see you at an Action Church Easter. Let us know that you're coming. Leading up to Easter, we've got Reach Week. Everybody say Reach Week. Reach Week is just a week that we do every single year. We have dozens and dozens of opportunities to go into the community, to reach people where they are and connect them to everything God has for their life. We go and meet a need so that we can arrange a meeting with Jesus that can and will change their lives. So look online uh, on our website. We've got so many projects for you and your family, literally every single day, morning to evening, opportunities for you and I to be the hands and feet of Jesus leading into Easter week and really believing that we'll see thousands of people come to church and hundreds uh, meet him for the very first time. Well, today uh, is a day that I've looked forward to for a long time. I, I believe it's the second time that Pastor Chris has been here. Uh, pastor Chris Hodges is with us this morning, and um, it's my pastor. And uh, and I always um, I always make a list of all the things that I'm grateful for when when I'm introducing somebody. But this one's easy. I, I could talk about. He's got so many best-selling books. They have one of the largest churches in America and have reached literally hundreds of thousands or millions of people. His, his leadership, uh, his investment in the local church, his building of the body of Christ, the amount of lives he's changed is really without, it's countless. But I'm grateful that it's not the millions, it's, it's my life that was changed. And it's if it's not for him and Church of the Highlands, I'm not doing what I'm doing. I'm not pastoring here. I'm not who I am today. I found Jesus at Church of the Highlands in a sermon with Pastor Chris. So I'm so grateful for his investment to the body of Christ, but I'm, in, I'm grateful that I'm spending eternity in a different place because of this man's obedience, leadership, and, and sacrifice. So I'd love for you to stand to your feet at all of our locations and honor my pastor, Pastor Chris Hodges. Praise everybody. I said, give Jesus all the praise, everybody. <laughs> all right. You give your neighbor a high five. You may be seated, everybody. Good, good. You didn't give your neighbor a high five. Give your neighbor a high five. There you go. All right. It's good to be here. Um, man, it got me all choked up, Pastor. You know, so that's, that's a blessing. I love your pastor. You love your pastor, everybody? He's a good man. I've, I've seen him uh, since he was a little puppy, everybody, and just... And uh, to see the, the work of God in his life. It's so funny. We were talking about before the service uh, when we were, he was in training and we were uh, kind of discovering the gifts and call in his life. And it was just so interesting to see um, because the first time he got up to speak, he was just so nervous. And what but 30 people in the room? 
And, um, and he says, man, I don't know if I can do this. I said, no, brother, there's, some, there's something in there. How many of y'all know I was right? Isn't that right, everybody? Yeah. So anyway, there's only one thing I don't like about your pastor. It's just that, that physique, everybody. You know what I'm saying? That 3% body fat just gets me, drives me crazy. And so, um, you know, they say when you get to heaven, uh, you're going to be in your glorified body. And uh, so and when Pastor Justin gets to heaven, that's exactly what it's going to look like. Y'all not even going to recognize me. You're going to say, who is that? Oh, that's Chris Hodges. Like, oh my God. That's what he could have looked like on earth. Yep. That's what it, that's what it could have looked like. So anyway, all right. I'm glad to be here. Everybody else glad to be here today? Yeah, I know. So this is crazy uh, looking around the room and just seeing this place full of people uh, at the first service. And uh, you guys love Jesus more than everybody else in the rest of the day, right? Okay. And so, uh, but congratulations. And this is rare. I don't know if you know this or not. You can get around something so long sometimes you forget how rare it is, but this is very, very rare uh, the, uh, to see these rooms filled and, and for, your, for the Easter announcement to be, don't come to certain services. That's what you call a high class problem right there, everybody. So, uh, yeah. So, um, God bless you guys. Thank you for being generous um, to this church, supporting your local church. And when you give, you're giving to lives being changed. And, um, and thank you for serving and thank you for loving this precious couple who's very, very dear to me personally. And we're just so proud of you. All of us at Highlands are so very, very proud of all that God's done here in Jesus' name. Can I hear a good amen, everybody? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm a Cajun from South Louisiana. Uh, I always tell people that when I speak so you can lower your expectations. So anyway, um, uh, so we, we're not smart, we're fun, okay? So, um, and so I do want to just share a simple word. In fact, I'll go ahead and apologize at, in advance on how simple this little message is, but I do pray that it's, it's impactful for your life today. It's very, very simple. In fact, I'm just going to share one verse. I may quote several other verses, uh, but I want to speak to your heart today about the potential that God sees inside of you. I want to start with a verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verse 18, it says this. It says, but we all, I want to just slow down and just break it down. Guys, on the screens, y'all just leave it up there. Just let them look at it. It says, but we all, let me just stop right there and say, this is an all play. This is something that God has for every single one of us. We all, and then it says, with unveiled face. An unveiled face is a fancy Bible way to say you have direct access to God. In the Old Testament, you used to have to wear a veil. There was a veil that separated people and God. You had to part through, and then people had to cover their faces uh, before they could see God. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, we now have an unveiled face, okay? So we all, with an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. Let me, let me kind of break that down for you just a second. So the, it's, it's saying that we all have access to God and that what he's gonna do is gonna bring us to moments where we look into a mirror and when you look in the mirror, you're not gonna see you, you're gonna see Jesus. And, what, and the part of, it's not just like seeing Jesus, but you're gonna see um, what Jesus can do inside of your life. It's, it, it says the glory of the Lord, the glory of the Lord, um, the glory in the, in, the, in the Old Testament is the word kabod in the Hebrew, and it means the full weight or the full potential of all that God is. So we all have direct access to God and are gonna have these moments where we look into a mirror, mirror and we're gonna see potential. We're gonna see, we're gonna see what we could become. Does that make sense to everybody? It says, and when you do see it, not, you're, not, you're not it yet, you just see it. And when you see it, we are, look at the rest of the verse, we are transformed into that same image. So in other words, we all, this is an all play, 
uh, have direct access to God. He's not going to judge you for what you've done or where you've been. You get to come straight to the presence of God. You're going to have this moment where you're going to look into this, to this mirror. You're going to see something in these moments. You're going to see something. You're going to see the full potential, the full weight of who God is or the full weight of what God can do inside of your life. And then he wants to transform us. He wants to, that's the word change. A lot of people don't like the word change, but we're going to talk about it just a little bit today. And it says we're going to be changed from glory to glory. That means incrementally. It won't happen all at once. It's going to happen just a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. So that means if you, as you start growing in God and giving God your life and making room for God to do stuff in your life, he's not going to do everything that he could do all at once. It's going to be kind of like school, first grade, second grade, third grade. So you'll be able to look at your, 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 your time here at Action Church and your time with God. And, and maybe you're not where you want to be, but thank God you're not where you used to be, right, everybody? So it's, you're going to be a change, and just uh, that's not going to happen because of the Spirit of God. The word spirit in the, in the Greek is the word pneuma. It means the breath of God. So in other words, he'll put the fuel to it. So we all have this direct access to God, and he's going to give us these moments where we're going to see something. We're going to have a mirror moment, if you will. And it's going to be the full potential of all that God wants to do inside of your life. And when that happens, change starts to happen, not all at once, but from glory to glory. And it's going to be fueled by the breath of God. You got the verse, everybody? All right. So I want to tell you a quick little story. This happened probably uh, about 60 years ago now. There was this lady named Marina Chapman. She was a girl at the time. She was only four years old at the time, uh, lived in Bogota, Colombia, or just in the outskirts of Bogota, Colombia. I've actually been to Colombia. It's a beautiful country. Uh, she was in her backyard when she remembers uh, all she has, because she was four years old. She has a sketchy memory of it all, but she remembers a hood being placed over her head. She remembers some type of substance that uh, caused her to go in and out of consciousness. Um, she remembers uh, be, her hands being tied behind her back. She was just playing in the backyard. And all of a sudden, this, this person abducted her. She remembers vividly, and because she's written a book about this. It's all been verified uh, by National Geographic. It's, uh, she has a best-selling book uh, that she wrote about it. But she vividly remembers at four years old, uh, as this man was dragging her, hooded and tied up into the jungle of Colombia, the branches cutting her little, um, her, her little four-year-old legs and arms and, um, and he drug her deep into the jungle, and I won't mention what he did to her, but it's everything you would imagine, uh, how he violated her in every single way, and then just basically left her for dead. Um, she remembers later in the day, uh, somehow getting the hood off, getting untied uh, from, uh, from the rope that he'd put around her arms, and, um, and of course, you can imagine the terror. When night was falling uh, about that time, and no one had come to find her, uh, she remembers the horror of the first night, as you can imagine, in the South American jungle uh, with the monkeys and the sounds and the, you know, just the whole jungle coming alive when the sun sets and how, how terrified she was. She made it through her first night um, and was certain someone was going to find her. In fact, she, even though she was only four, she was smart enough not to move so that whoever was finding her could find the trail of where she was. And so she stayed put. Uh, when, when all of a sudden the second night fell. And that's when she realized, and, and she writes about it, how, how uh, that was the first time she thought, I may never be found. Uh, the, and, and she remembers actually the second night being worse than the first because of that, of that thought. Uh, on the third day, a troop of monkeys came and foraged around her. When they first saw her, they um, kind of treated her uh, hostily because they didn't know who she was. 
And so they kind of, you know, just like growled at her and, you know, uh, uh, did their paws at her. But when they realized that she wasn't a threat to them, they just relaxed and they foraged around her. Uh, she doesn't know whether they did it on purpose or not, but they, they actually, when they left that evening, they left some food that they had forged, and that's what kept her alive that third day. In fact, she remembers even watching them lick the dew off of leaves to get water, and so that's how she got her first uh, taste of water, because she was in the third day, which, which it, became, it became critical. Um, the, the monkeys came back the, the second day, and so she, they, they actually were kind of nice to her, um, but what happens is, is, is a week passed, and then a month passed, and then a year passes, and this girl ends up living 10 years in the jungle. By 10 years old, she's 14 years old. She's actually now living with the monkeys, doing, living a monkey see, monkey do kind of ex existence. She thinks she's one of them now. She forgets all of her communication abilities. Uh, she actually learns the grunts and the growls of the monkeys to communicate, the hand motions. She actually even learns how to climb up into the canopy uh, uh, you know, up to a certain degree, obviously, to climb up into the trees uh, with the monkeys. She's now a grandmother who lives in England. And by the way, her favorite pastime with her grandkids is climbing trees. Come on, somebody, right? So, um, so but she's, she actually thinks she's one of them uh, she could, because she had no memory and no one there to tell her who she was. Until one day, she was up actually in the trees and she saw something sparkle on the, on the jungle floor. It piqued her curiosity. She climbs down. She goes over to it. She picks it up and bites it. And when she bites it, it has eyes. And she threw it down because she thought it was going to hurt her, and it didn't move. And so she went back over there and picked it up, and it was a mirror. Her, the eyes that she saw were her eyes. And for the first time in her life, she goes, wait a minute. I don't know who I am, but I know I'm not one of these monkeys. She, she caught a glimpse of what her potential was, and she didn't know who she was, but she knew who she wasn't. She had a mirror moment. This is what the verse in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 is talking about, is that what God does, and I'm just preparing you for it so you can look for it. I don't know where you are in your life. A lot of people are living monkey-seeing, monkey-do existences. We're living out in this world called the jungle, everybody, and sometimes we take on the image of the world around us thinking we are one of them, and you're not. So what God does, he doesn't rush the process. He creates mirror moments. He just creates moments. It could happen in worship. It could happen when your pastor is preaching. It could happen in a small group. It could happen on, on the day when we serve our city. It could happen when you invite somebody to church for Easter. I don't know. But God's going to give you moments where you're going to catch a glimpse of who you can become. You're going to see something. And then when you see it, it begins the process of transformation, change. So I don't know if you realize this or not, but, but the whole essence of the gospel is change. That's kind of what the word means. It means change. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. They're, they're, they're changed. The old is gone. Behold, all things become new. That's, that's what the gospel is. I was actually, uh, Pastor Justin, I was actually uh, not too long ago in, a, in one of our services, and 
uh, between services, I'm just shaking hands and hanging out and just check, you know, saying hi to people. And we always like, you have here at Action Church a, a ton of new people. And this girl looked like mid-20s. I don't know how old she was. She come bouncing up to me like, she goes, hey, 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 are you the pastor? Yeah, I'm the pastor. She said, uh, she goes, man, I love it here. She goes, I just got one question for you. I said, what's that? She goes, if I start coming here, are you going to try to change me? And I said, oh, yes. And I hope it's going to change me, because I don't want to look like what I look like. I want to look like what God wants me to look like, right? So what he does is he creates encounters, moments, mirror moments, I call it. The name of the message today is mirror moments. And my job as a pastor is just to make sure you know what they look like so you can recognize them. And then it's up to you if you want to climb out of the tree and you know you can live with the monkeys or you can live as what God intended you to look like. That's, a, that's really up to you. But I want to make sure that you, you're able to recognize them because the purpose of these encounters, these mirror moments, isn't for, us just, for God just to reveal who he is, but to let him show us who we are. So some people think, oh, when we got in worship in God, wonderful. Yes, but the whole purpose of worship wasn't for you just to say, oh, he's wonderful. He wanted you to feel something, see something, taste something, if you will, and let you see the potential uh, in your own life. You heard that in your own pastor when he said, look, I, was, I came to Highlands, Church of the Highlands in Birmingham, uh, and he, he didn't know the Lord, and, uh, but he saw something. And then we got him in our college, and he didn't see his ministry potential. He was going to go play golf, which he's still really good at. But y'all pray for me. I'm going to beat him today in Jesus' name. Like a three-year-old at Walmart. I'm going to take him to, anyway, so all right. So y'all pray for me. <laughs> But, there, but there, are, there are four, he's going to have to give me a few strokes, but there are four, um, there are, there are four moments that I want to let you know that are coming your way, and it's up to you. Uh, of course, we want this for you. I mean, we build these buildings and move these lights and, and have services and, and um, all of this only for that, just so you know. That's what it's for. It's just that they have this moment where you go, wait a minute, that looks like something I want. And the first mirror moment is the moment that God reveals to you that you can be saved, that you can, that you can experience salvation. And when I mean salvation, let me tell you what, what I don't mean by salvation. I'm not talking about religion, and I'm not talking about being a person of faith. I'm not just talking about you know, having a God and having a place to go on a Sunday. I'm talking about the moment where you allow someone else to pay for your sins other than you so that your life can be freed from that sin and guilt, which is the greatest, by the way, the miracle of salvation is because you don't have the guilt and the shame of everything that's been piling up on your life all these years. So I'm 60. I'm 40 years of ministry, 60 years old. Y'all say happy birthday to me. Come on, everybody. All right. And so, and uh, I'm more proud of the 40 years of ministry than the 60 years of life. I don't even look 60. Ain't that right, everybody? Come on, be honest. Thank you very much. Y'all liars. All right. Anyway, uh, but I have nine grandkids, everybody. And uh, yeah, that's all. Any grandparents in the room? Any grandparents? Yeah, see, they make noises. Yeah, and that's because your grandkids are better than your kids, everybody, all right? So it's God's gift for not killing your kids, everybody. It's just, uh, so let them live. Better ones are coming. All right, so all right. It's not in my notes. I need to get moving here, all right? Uh, but I was, I was raised in church. I was in, Sunday the, uh, I was in church the Sunday after I was born. My, my parents were very strong church people. My dad was an organist in the Baptist church. Mom sang in the choir. I sat right over here. Um, about seven rows deep with my grandmother. And um, at seven years old, I walked the aisle because that was the Baptist tradition whenever you, um, whenever you, you know, decide you don't want to go to hell. <laughs> and so, um, 
<laughs> and that's basically what I was deciding. I'm like, I, you know, I'm seven, but I ain't stupid. I don't want to go to hell. So, so I walked down and shook the preacher's hand, and, and, and um, he, I got, in Baptist, they vote you in the church. You have, the members have to, it's a membership ruling church, so they had to vote you in. I got baptized, but I, and I met the church, but I had to meet God. And so I still never, miss, I've never missed, I'm 60, and I've never missed a Sunday in church in my entire life. Um, but I didn't, didn't like it, because <laughs> all I knew the church, I didn't know God. And when I was 15, I had a conversion moment when a friend of mine invited me to a youth service at another church. And it wasn't better than mine, it just was different in a way. And was, I'd never seen drums on the stage, and I'd never seen the kind of worship we had today. And boy, I was sitting over there looking around like, these people are nuts. <laughs> And I think I want what they have. You know what I'm saying? I was having kind of one of those moments. Maybe like some of you today or one of our other locations. You're just having this moment like, wait a minute. I've never seen anything like this. Is this, is this okay? Is this a, you know, and what I saw, Pastor Justin, I don't even remember the message or I remember the people. I never saw people in love with God before. And I got convicted so that when they gave the response time at the end, uh, I didn't respond because I'd been in church my whole life. And I didn't, want, <laughs> I didn't want to go to a little room, and I wasn't going to let anybody have my information. That ain't happening, you know? And so, and so but I went home just under the conviction of God. And, um, and so I got my Bible out, and I led myself to the Lord that night. And I read, because I, I, I found this verse in, in Matthew chapter 7 that says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. And I thought, well, that's a problem. Because that was my plan. They told me, say, Lord, I'm in. Now Jesus is saying, no, nah, you're not. He says, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven, many will prophesy, cast out devils, and do miracles in my name. And he says, then I'll tell them, away from me, you're an evildoer because I never knew you. And it was the first time that I realized in my whole life that the condition for eternal life had nothing to do with my church attendance. It had everything to do with knowing God. And in my bedroom, I fell in love with Jesus. I had a mirror moment in my bedroom. Wow. I mean, I woke up the next day the most on-fire Christian I knew. Not excited about church. I went, kept going to church, but I was excited about knowing Jesus. There are some of you in this room, you're kind of attracted to what's going on here. Maybe you're trying to figure it all out. Some of you are freaked out by it. But it's all mirror moments to pull you into, look at me, a relationship with God. Amen. Like you can actually have a relationship with God and know him in a personal and intimate way. And if there's been anything in your past that's kept in you from it, like people or maybe even some church experiences. Not too long ago, I was on an airplane. Uh, it was on Southwest, which I can't stand because I'm a control freak. And, uh, it's, and you can't control. Come on. You can't control you know, who's going to sit with you. And so it's random, and which is a problem. And so, um, <laughs> and so I was with my wife, Tammy, and, and it's those doggone three-row seats. So you're going to get mystery person. And Tammy wanted, wanted the, um, the window seat. And so, and I had the, that old middle seat. I had my bag in the other seat. I had my knee in the other seat. I'm sending every message like, go on back. You don't want this. You know, and this girl comes around making noises. She's like, I don't know, man. She'd had a few. Come on, everybody. She, has gone, she came around the corner just, woo, woo, woo. And she's high-fiving every row, front row, front row, sixth row, second row, third row, third row. And I'm, my prayer life's improving. Father, if you love me, please. And sure enough, plop, she sits in that seat. She turns to me and she goes, so, what do you do for a living? And I said, well, I'm a pastor. She goes, duh, we're all passengers. I was like, no. It's like the pastor of a church. And she said, oh, I don't like Christians. 
And so I decided to play along, and I said, yeah, me too, girl. That's why I had to start my own church. <laughs> and she had a bad understanding of God. She, the cart came down. She got what I call another drink. And, um, and so and she put it in my face. She goes, what does your God think about this? I said, he's not thinking about that. He's thinking about you. And if he ever got you, he'd talk to you about that later, maybe, you know? She goes, I've never, nobody's ever told me it like this way. And I said, well, and, and, and I was trying to, I don't know, it's up to God really, but I was trying to facilitate a mirror moment. So we get off the plane. She's going on to Nashville and she goes, I have to have more. I said, well, you can have more. I said, why don't you watch this? We'd stream our services live every Sunday. You watch, I'll give you a shout out. She goes, you will? I said, oh yeah. And so Sunday, I preached, hey, everybody, welcome to Church of the Highlands. We have, you know, we have 26 locations. We're in 22 of Alabama's prisons. So I'm greeting all these locations. I said, hey, I want to give a special shout out to my friend Tanya. Girl, I told you I'd do it. You know, and I, and I, I didn't know she was watching, but she was watching. And, and uh, she emailed me, left her phone number. I called her on Monday. And uh, oh, Tanya, who hated Christians, became one, everybody. She gave her life to Jesus. <laughs> She just needed a mirror moment. She just needed to see it the right way. She just needed to see it, right? Second mirror moment that some of you need, uh, I'm just letting you know that it's coming your way, if you'll allow what this church is all about to happen in your life, and that is uh, to be healed. It's mirror moment number two, to be healed. And we said, what are you talking about? I'm not sick. I'm not necessarily talking about sickness. I'm talking about every place where you have dis-ease, everywhere your soul is sick, where you're... This is your pain, past problems, and people. This is all the stuff of your past that you can go to heaven with, but you don't have to. So you can settle your yesterdays once and for all. You still go to heaven. Your sins are forgiven. Your only mirror moment you really need is to be saved. But God offers more of a package deal, everybody. You can be healed. You can really be healed. You can have your life transformed by God. And some of the stuff of your past that has wounded you or hurt you, or maybe even some of your own mistakes, God wants to heal it. He wants to clear your heart so you're not looking through the lens of yesterday. For some of us, we're looking ahead, but it's smudged. It's got dirt from yesterday, so you can't see your own potential for tomorrow because of what's, ever, what's happening in the past. Say, well, how does God do that? It's going to surprise you. It's not what you think. You think, well, come pray for me. Yeah, that, that probably won't do it, actually. The Bible says in James chapter 5 that we confess our sins not to God, but to one to another and pray for each other, and if you do, you'll get healed. So we do, pray to, we do confess to God for forgiveness, but we confess to God's people and receive healing. So I always say you go to God for forgiveness, but you go to God's people for healing. What do you mean? I mean that, that we're hoping that you have realized, and I'm trying to create this mirror moment for you, that there's going to be an opportunity for you guys to step a little bit deeper into the life of Action Church more than just coming on a Sunday. And it's where you get to know somebody else here at Action Church, maybe even get in a small group, or maybe even go serve on one of these outreaches before Easter, and, the perp- and you'll help somebody, but the best part of the day is going to be the person you get to know. And you're going to get to know them so well that you actually have this confidence to go, can I tell you something? And you peel back what I call the mask, and we all, we're all wearing them. I'm wearing one right now. There are things about me you don't know. I ain't telling y'all. <laughs> but I'm telling somebody. And if you have a secret and you're not telling anybody, you're in trouble. So let me say it this way. You'll always stay as sick as your secrets. 
So what do you do? You have to find somebody and say, um, can I tell you something? Can you pray with me about this? Can you help me not click on this anymore? Can you help me not drink this anymore? Can you help me? And they will, and they'll pray for you. God will get involved. People will get involved. Look at me, everybody, and you can be healed. Wouldn't it be great for your life not to be marked by your yesterdays anymore? I mean, do you, do you really want to go into another year with all those habits and addictions that you hate? All this stuff in your life that if it wasn't your life, you'd like your life so much better? You're in the right place. There's a, there's a moment coming your way. I'm just, I'm just helping you so you can recognize it when it gets here. When they say, hey, get in a small group. I mean, that's a mirror moment where God's trying to say, let's get healed. <laughs> Let me give you the third one. Y'all, y'all, y'all get anything out of this so far? Yeah. I'm just a storyteller. I'm just breaking it down. I'm sorry. You'll get better theology and everything next Sunday with Pastor Jeff. All right. Okay. <laughs> but the third one is, 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 the third mirror moment is the moment that you realize you're called. Called. And what I mean by that is, um, uh, our pastor already, already said it in the announcements that every one of you have a unique gifting and calling on your life. Like you're, you're, you were created by God for God. You're not just created. And God doesn't just look at you and go, hmm, what do we do with them? No, no, no. He had the thing for you to do before there was a you. Ephesians says we are God's masterpiece, and he created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us a long time ago. He already had something in mind for all of us. And wouldn't you love to find it? Like, wouldn't you love to have this moment where you go, oh my goodness, I had no idea I could be the pastor of a church. I thought I was going to play golf. I thought, no, 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 man, there's a call of God on your life. And that's not just for those of us who do this occupation. That's for all of you. You, you have a, you have, let me say it this way. You have something that you can do that will define your life so much that regardless of the circumstances around you, you experience this thing called fulfillment, everybody. Where you go, oh, wow, my life makes sense now. And it's not your career. It can be. It's your calling. Like there's something. You're, you're a piece of God's puzzle. And if, and if you never discover it, the puzzle will just have to look like what it looks like without your piece. But it would be better with your piece. You have, you, you have a call on your life. And it brings fulfillment in your life. Years ago, I read this newspaper article uh, out of Florida uh, about this Greyhound dog track. Do they still have those in Florida? No? No, they're outlawed? Praise the Lord. Okay, good. And, um, but years ago, there used to be, you know, they, they, race, they race dogs. Of course, not with jockeys, but, you know, you don't get on the back of a dog. You, so what makes them run? They have these mechanical rabbits. Now, I've never been to a dog track. Don't judge me, okay, everybody? But I have seen it on Bugs Bunny. Come on, all right? So, and what they do is they... They have this arm off the interior railing that goes out into the middle of the track with this dangling fur. It's not a real rabbit, but they call it a rabbit. And so I read this article, it's probably 15 years ago in Florida, where they released this arm, and of course the dogs just, they let the dogs go. It's just ahead of them. But as the story goes, is that rounded the corner, uh, the rabbit uh, had a mechanical malfunction in it, and it exploded in mid, uh, while it was in, in the middle of the race. <laughs> Fur and wire go everywhere. And the article said that the greyhounds now, because they didn't have anything to chase, didn't know what to do. And one of them just laid down in the track, took a nap right there. <laughs> one of them got so disoriented, they went, he, he ran through the railing and broke some ribs. And another one just looked up into the stands at all those people uh, betting on them and just barked out, just barked at everybody. 
And when I read it, I thought, that's humans. When they don't have something to chase in life, they'll either take a nap, hurt themselves, or bark at everybody else. You know what I'm saying? And it's true. Look at me. You can have something in your life that you're chasing that makes sense, and it's your calling. It's not money. It's not fake happiness. It's real fulfillment when you know that you found the thing that you were created to do. Now, here's the catch, and I'm going to move on to the final mirror moment, and that is the only place you're going to be able to find it is with God because he's the one who created you. Psalm 139. Go read it later. It's a beautiful psalm. And it says, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Can I say that to somebody in this room today? Somebody who looked in the mirror this morning, you didn't like yourself? No, no, no. That's because the jungle's telling you that. Look at me. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God knew what he was doing when he made you. And he has a call in your life, watch this, that no amount of mistakes can reverse. The Bible says the calling of God is without repentance. God cannot repent on what he's created you to do. It'll always be there. And all the days of your life, the psalm goes on to say, all the days of your life are recorded in his book before one of them ever came to be. Like he has a plan for your life. You're like, Chris, there's no way this is, uh, God could have written the life that I'm living. Probably not. You probably added a few chapters, not in his book. Look at me. But the last chapter still fits. Come on. It does. Can, can you, can, from here, can you get to Dallas through New York City? Yeah, it's not the best way. But you get there. For some of us, our life has taken a, a twist and a turn. But God can still get you there from where you are. Because look at me, you're called. And that's why we get you on the, on the, on the, the class today, the action step number two, you can actually come and, and find out what that is. So come. What do you have to lose? I'll tell you what. Fulfillment. <laughs> Mirror moment number four. The music's playing. That means I got to hurry up. It also means the rest of this is going to sound really spiritual and anointed, so I'm glad. Thank you, my brother. So there's a moment... For you to be saved, some of you need to make that decision today. Some of you, a moment where you can be healed, a moment where you're called, and the final one is where you're sent. Like, I'm going to do something. I'm not, I'm not going to sit in the stands. I'm going to play the game. And I'm hoping that you would have heard that mere moment whenever your pastor said, hey, when we're going to have this, what you call the outreach day? Reach week. That just sounds like something I want to go do. And what you're going to find out is you're going to help people, but it's going to help you more. You'll begin to be changed when you help somebody. Jesus said, it's to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. And fruit-bearing Christians prove to be the real disciples. Now watch this. He says, but I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that joy be made complete. I want to give you one final thought because I'm just trying to set you up for some mirror moments. And this one's just to get you to do it, like now. Because people are notorious for like, okay, that was cool. I think I, I think I got something out of that, but I'll wait. Like, and I want to encourage you not to wait. So uh, every day going home from work, I, I, I'm at a light in Birmingham. Once I'm off the major highway, Highway 280, there's a left-hand turn lane that I'm in, and it's a double lane left-hand turn lane to get me off the highway heading toward my neighborhood. 
I'm in this lane every single day of my life, which means I know how many people can get through one light cycle if everybody will go. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, like they gotta go. So I'm, in the, I'm right on the edge of that. <laughs> I knew it when I got there, and I'm not about as patient. I'm not, okay. And so, and I could see the car in front of me. I saw their head down. It looked like long hair, so it looked like a girl. And I saw, like, I could, see, I could tell they were texting, I don't, you know, or looking at Instagram or whatever. And I think, it's going to turn green, and, and she ain't going to go. And my wife hates it when I honk at people. I'm a honker. She goes, Chris, don't do that. Don't do that. They probably go to our church. I'm like, good. They can learn something. You know, like, I'm their pastor. <laughs> I like the honk. When she's driving, I'll reach over there like, hey, go. You know, she goes, stop, stop, stop. Well, she's not with me, and I hear her voice. Don't honk, don't honk, don't honk. I'm like, ah. So it turned green, and she doesn't go. And so I gave her the little beep, beep. Just the real, real, like the real nice honk. That's the nice one. Beep, beep. And she looked up, and oh, and then went, and we missed the light. Okay, so. Uh. Okay, the message I gave you this morning was the beep, beep version. Because in my heart, because I'm new here, like I, I'm your pastor's pastor, but this, this isn't my stage. This is his. This is, this is yours. So it's not right for me to say it like I'm feeling it. But let me tell you what I would have said if I was saying it that way. <laughs> okay, but I'm not saying it. I'm just telling you what I would have said if I was giving you the, this version of it. Seriously, you're going to pay for your own sins? You want, to, you want to show up before God with all your sins on you when Jesus paid for it? Are you crazy? No, that's, I wouldn't dare say that. That's just too strong. And you want to live another day with guilt? And you want to go another year with your habits and addictions? I, honestly, you're willing to carry that wound another year? And you don't want to tell somebody and get healed? And you really want to live your life just making money knowing that it's not fulfilling you? You don't want to know your call of God? And then you want to just sit there and watch all this and not get in the game? Are you crazy? Now, that would be way too strong. So, beep, beep. Okay. <laughs> but I will tell you this. I'm going to pray. The light's green. The light's green. So if you want to go, if God gave you a mere moment today, today could be your day. All right, bow your heads. So, Father, I thank you for this amazing church. And I thank you, God, for what you're doing in here. And God, more than all of that, I thank you, God, for your spirit who gives us glimmers of, of an image down in our jungle floor. And God, I'm asking, Lord, for every person who saw it to have the courage to take the step out of that jungle and be all who you've called them to be. If you're here today or at one of our other locations and God's moving in your life right now and you know you're supposed to respond to him, we're not gonna bring you to a room. We're not gonna call you to the front. We're not gonna... We're not gonna embarrass you and make you stand up, but if you're here and you're saying, I need to give my life to Jesus. I don't wanna pay for my sins. I'm tired of the shame and guilt, and I'm ready to make Jesus the Lord of my life. No one's looking around but me. If that's you, be as bold as you can, and right now, lift your hand as high as you can, put it right back down, say, pray for me. Anybody, anybody, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All over this room, way at the top, Yep, yep, yep. I see two hands at the top. God bless you. Anybody else?
just, yep, I'm ready, I'm ready. Good, you can slip those hands down. Church, I want everybody in this room to pray along with them. Come on, say it full voice, every voice. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and paying for my sin. Today I receive what you did for me by surrendering my life completely to you. I give you my life. Be my Lord. I believe. Say it strong. I believe you are the Son of God who rose from the dead. And today, I put my faith in you. Thank you for saving me. In your name I pray. Amen. Come on, give God a praise, everybody. Yeah.